narcissists are experts at hooking a victim back in over and over and over. They know how to play on your sympathy. They know how to make you feel guilty and responsible for their well-being. They know how to make you feel needed and thus you stay to help them. You know, so many victims of covert narcissists spend years and even decades of wanting to leave the relationship only to be hooked back in again and again. I'm Renee Swanson, your creator and host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And let me start by apologizing for the fewer episodes right now. I've only been able to put out one about once per week. My schedule will lighten up in about two more weeks. It will go back to what it was before the summer hit. And my plan at that point is to return to the two episodes per week. I promise to you that that is what we are doing. Thank you so much for your patience. I appreciate every single one of you that is taking the time to listen to these podcasts. Now let's get started. I want to give you four hooks that covert narcissists use to rope you back in. Hook number one, I had a rough childhood. You know my parents abused me. My dad was a monster. I don't know about you, but I definitely heard this. You know, I'd be trying to talk to him about how he was treating us and what was going on. And he'd say, you know, I I had a rough childhood. It was almost like, how dare you bring this up to me? You know, I had a rough childhood. Well, that was true. I, I had already had these conversations with him. Yes, he had a rough childhood. And I felt sorry for him for what he had been through. And he would tell me stories and these things that had happened. And, and I did feel sorry for him. There is no doubt about that. And I told him that and I supported him in trying to, you know, to get through this and to learn. But then he would play it as a card. I had a rough childhood. And you feel sorry for them. And then if you don't feel sorry for them for that rough childhood, then you feel bad at yourself for not feeling sorry for them. And so you feel pity for them. And even if they're the one that has hurt you, you still feel pity for them because they had a rough childhood. I mean, my husband had a far worse childhood than I did. And, and I knew that, but he played that victim mentality so well, you know, they hurt you because you, they are hurting. They hurt you because they are hurting. Sorry. I had to say that again, because they were abused, because they don't know any better. And these are the things they play on is, is, you know, I was abused, so I don't, I don't know any better. I was, I was hurt. You need to help me do better. You know, it's up to you. It's on your shoulders, not mine is what that means. It's up to you. What that means is it's not their responsibility. We're going to talk about more of that in just a little bit. Well, this all leads us right up to the second hook that I want to talk about. Hook number two is I need your help. When they say that I need your help, They follow it with things like, well, if you don't help me, who will? Or I could never do this without you. You're the only one who cares. This is a tough one because now you feel obligated. You, you do desire to help others. You know, that's a lot of us have that in our nature. A lot of victims of covert narcissists have that in their nature, but this nature in you gets used against you. It makes you feel like it's all your responsibility and all your fault when it doesn't work. And honestly, they don't mean that they need your help. Helping someone means that they do the work and that you support them or you assist them as they go. Well, this is not what a covert narcissist means when they say, you know, I need your help. They don't want your help. 
They want you to do it. You know, they, they want you to do all the work. They, they want you to, you know, step in and, and figure out what the problem is. They want you to explain it to them, no matter how hard they work to not understand. Well, again, we'll get back to that. And, and they want you to, to do it all. Like, like, tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do. Tell me exactly what I'm supposed to say. They want you to figure out all the ways to fix it. Now, by the way, none of your efforts, though, are ever going to do any good because they're going to never understand you. They're never going to, uh, to get what you're saying. And you're going to find and tap dance all around finding the right answer for the right words and the right way to explain it to them. And they're still, they're going to, they're not going to get it. You might as well be talking to a brick wall. Think of how crazy you feel when you're trying to explain a relationship with a covert narcissist to someone who has never lived it. Someone who's never been there. Have you ever tried to do that? You try to explain it to them and, and they just don't get it. They don't understand it. They've never experienced it. And so you're just getting these blank looks, you know, or how could that possibly be happening? Or this doesn't make any sense. And, and even why are you upset about that? That seems so petty. You're going to get these kind of reactions from somebody who's never lived this because they just don't get it. Well, you are trying to explain this to someone who's never going to get it. Just like trying to explain it to someone who's never lived with a covert narcissist. That's what you're doing when you try to explain it to the covert narcissist. They have never been on the receiving end of this. You know, um, some of them did grow up under narcissistic parents. There's no doubt about that. But a lot of them did not grow up under covert narcissists. A lot of them actually grew up under overt narcissists and decide they're not going to be like that. So they change, sort of. They do change. They're not you know, as, as physically abusive, they're not as, um, um, you're not as afraid of them. They're not as overtly narcissistic and you're not as afraid of them physically. It's more of the psychological game, and, but they have not lived, uh, in this relationship with someone who's a covert narcissist. And you're trying to explain this to them. Well, they don't see it. They don't understand it. And to be honest, they don't want to. You know, you are more committed to fixing this relationship or to, let me change that. You are more committed to helping them than they are. Remember helping someone is they're doing the work and you are there to assist them, but not with a covert narcissist. You are more committed to this job than they are. I remember one day my husband actually told me we were having a conversation about all of this and, and how he'd been talking to us and how much it hurt. And I was trying to explain it yet again. And he said, all right. He said, look, he said, can we make a code word? And I said, what? He goes, a code word. When I'm being mean to you or the boys, can you use a code word like peach or something? I'm sure the look on my face was utter confusion. And I said to him, what? No, I'm not going to use a code word. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking you're a full grown adult. Take this responsibility on yourself. I am talking with you about what's going on. I'm trying to explain. I've tried. I've tried to explain it, you know, when it happens at the moment. I've tried to wait an hour later for things to cool down. I've tried to talk with you the day after. Either you're hearing me or you're not. But take some responsibility for that. Listen to what I'm saying and consider it. A code word? No. That keeps the responsibility on me. It's my job to see it. Say that code word and absorb his resistance at the time, because I'm sure it would be there because it's there all the other times. 
And then if I don't say it, it's my fault that you didn't see it. That puts all the responsibility back on me. Because if I don't say that code word, well, now that's my fault. And you can continue treating us badly. You know, I can hear it now, him telling me later, well, you never said peach. What? A code word? How about the words I've been using? These are words that say, hey, honey, that kind of hurt. Or, hey, you're being a little mean with that. Aren't those code words? Those are code words that say, hey, maybe you need to think about something. Something's going on here. You know, if you don't listen to those, what in the world makes you think that you're going to listen to me sitting there saying peach? Are you freaking kidding me? So listen to me. It is not your job or your responsibility to help a full grown adult to learn how to be nice. You are more committed to this job than they are. And that's a problem. Hook number three. I can't change overnight. How many of you have heard this one? I definitely did. You know, I heard, I'm trying. You're going to have to be patient. I can't change overnight. And with a covert narcissist, this is just an excuse. It's an excuse to not make any progress. It's an excuse to continue doing exactly what he's doing and make no changes. And as long as they think this way, they are never going to put in the effort that you're waiting for, that effort that you're wanting to see. You know, and while change does take time, I don't disagree with that. The first steps don't. The first steps can happen immediately. You know, long-term change, yeah, it takes time. It takes effort, sure. But listening to what your partner is saying, that does not take time. Validating what they are saying, that does not take time. Being willing to have some give in your interactions with them does not take time time. These are changes that can happen overnight. You know, what about even offering a genuine apology when you express, you know, that, that you, they have hurt you, that apology does not take time. In fact, it takes less time than the defensiveness and the two hour lectures that so many of us have received. That genuine, I'm sorry, I'm working on it. You know, but, but the genuine apology, not, I can't change overnight, but Hey, I'm sorry. I am working on this and I am trying to do better. Period. That's it. That takes less time than these, you know, two hour lectures that I know I've received. And many of you have received, you know, I've said in a previous episode that I wore out the entire alphabet multiple times while he could not even do step a yes, lasting change takes time. It takes repetition. It takes reinforcement, but taking step A does not take time. It can happen right now. One small step, one small amount of give that can happen overnight. But if someone does not have any give in a relationship, then they simply do not have any give. If you missed my episode about that, it's the lack of give in covert narcissists. And it is excruciating. Please go listen to it because it is a huge element of covert narcissism. Listen to it several times. Let it sink in. Their lack of give is devastating. They simply won't give an inch, a smidge, nothing. You know, let me explain it a little bit more here, even to be able to say in a conversation, oh, that makes sense. Or, oh, I can see that. Again, that kind of change does not take time. 
they just can't do it. They would give you, you know, that would give you the slightest amount of understanding and validation. That little bit that says, oh, that makes sense. That's validation, but you won't get it. It won't happen with a covert narcissist. So while change does take time, the first step does not. Hook number four, they give you just enough breadcrumbs to make you believe in them. Just enough good to make you think we're on the right path. We're on the right track. A small glimpse of goodness can erase days, weeks, or even months of bad behavior. Finally, in your mind, you're thinking, finally, he's back. Finally, you know, this is the direction I've wanted. This is what I've been waiting for. And so you feel relieved, even ecstatic. You drop your guard and you relax only for the cycle to start all over again. Now, when I'm saying they won't even give you that, that step A, that's not what I'm talking about here. That step A I was talking about there is a little bit of validation, a little bit of understanding, a little bit, I'm talking more about the intimate relationship there. These breadcrumbs in this one, in this hook, these are, you might have a good evening, a good date night. And you go out and, and you have a good date night and you have good conversation. Of course, you're working overtime to make sure everything stays positive and stays good and, and there's no uh, friction and nothing bad going on. So this is where I'm talking about a, a strong date night or maybe, you know, he spent a good evening playing with the kids and, and it was good and it was peaceful. And you think, oh, finally, finally, we're, we're on the right track. There's just enough of that. To make you continue to believe in them and just enough when when you're at your wits end you're at the end of your rope and all of a sudden you have this good evening another piece of this is there's just enough in tr of truth in what they say to make you feel like everything is good they point out something that they just did for you or for the kids and it's true something that that you liked or something that 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 you were that made you happy and they're right. And you admit that in your mind. And all of a sudden, you're now doubting that there was ever a problem in the first place. Why is it one small breadcrumb can erase weeks, months of abuse? Maybe I am imagining it. Maybe it wasn't that bad. You know, maybe, maybe things can be okay. And I'm just making too much out of little things. Maybe I do sound petty. You know, cut it out. Because they're throwing in just enough truth to make you start doubting this, making you start erasing this. They'll even throw in just enough truth to make you think that everything is actually your fault. And they'll point out something you did or you said, and they'll be right. They're, they're just enough right to make you go, oh, I did do that. Stop right there. Yes, maybe you did. Maybe you did do that, or maybe you did say that. That does not change anything about all the things that they have done or said or not done or not said. It's just another way for them to take the focus off of themselves and put it all back on you. You know, these hooks are used to rope you back in and to take them off the hook. That's the goal, that to rope you back in, get you just enough convinced as, you know, you're feeling sorry for them again or you're going to be more patient with them because they can't change. And, you, and they're just, they're ropes that just pull you back in. And once again, takes the pressure all off of them. You know, I had a rough childhood. That was number one. So you feel sorry for them. And, and they have an excuse that you can't argue with. You're right. They, they did have a rough childhood. You can't argue with that. And so you feel sorry for them. 
You know, number two, I need your help. So you don't like to turn your back on people in need, especially people you care about. So you're pulled back in. They are off the hook because you are more committed to it than they are. The hook number three was I can't change overnight. Well, there's an element of truth in this. There is. And so you feel bad for pushing and boom, you're pulled right back in, right back into helping them, right back into waiting. They are off the hook because change can take forever. After all, what's the rush? Hook number four was just enough breadcrumbs. You're exhilarated that things have returned to what you believe was, was true, the true them. Well, wow, they're off the hook because once again, you have faith in them. So what do you do about these hooks? Number one, recognize them for what they are. They are playing a game. They're pulling you back in with that victimhood. They're pulling you back in with, uh, the victimhood is huge, but with just enough good. They're putting those, that dangling, that carrot out in front of you to make you just move forward just a little bit more to keep wanting that relationship with them because you're so convinced you, you believe in them so much. Quit buying into this. Quit buying into these hooks. It's okay to acknowledge that someone had a rough childhood, but you do not have to acknowledge it over and over and over. Acknowledge it, yes. Sympathize with them, yes. But if you're still doing that 10 and 20 and 30 years into your marriage, cut it out. Their life as an adult is not about that childhood anymore. They get to become an adult now or not. You know, the, the hook of, I need your help, please recognize that this is not your job. They are an adult. I'll give you a story that, that from my own life, my own experience, I told a friend of mine once, you know, my husband was addicted to gaming, video games all the time. And I told my friend, I, I literally said to my friend, yeah, I know it's my fault that he plays video games too much and that he doesn't have a relationship with his boys. My friend nearly lost it. He said, what are you crazy? How? And I said, well, it's my fault because I didn't push him enough to get off. I should have pushed him and encouraged him to get off and, and found ways for him to play more with his boys. I should have done that. And my friend said, you've got to be crazy. No way, no way is that your fault. No way was that your job. I totally did not see it at the time. I really, truly believed the words that were coming out of my mouth. And now looking back, I realize how crazy that was. He was completely right. How my husband spent his time was completely his choice. It was his job to build a relationship with our boys. It was his job to build a relationship with me. It was his choice. And he chose not to do it. And that is not on me. You know, the hook, I cannot change overnight. Look at some of the changes you've made in your own life. Remember, I'm, I'm telling you here how to, how to face these hooks. Look at some of the changes you have made in your own life. Look at the last few months, the last year, the last five years. Are you different? Did you take some of those first steps? When you take those steps, was change, you know, long ways away or were there little light bulb moments of change? Those little light bulb moments of change, of change came because you took some of those initial steps. You have to take step A, step B, step C. You have to get started for there all of a sudden some changes to happen. And some changes don't take time at all. Some are instant. You can read one sentence in a book of something that you've been reading and studying and all of a sudden go, 
Oh my gosh. And your whole world changes because of that one thing you read, one sentence, one paragraph, one chapter that you read. But if you didn't take those steps to make those changes, then you won't, you wouldn't have had that momentary change. So when they say they can't change overnight and I'm saying change takes time, but the first steps don't take time. That's what I'm talking about. Look at your own life and the changes that you have made. Now look at theirs. Are there any changes? Are they different now than they were five years ago? Maybe one year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Are they different? Are they taking any of those steps to move forward to make changes? That, that hook of just enough breadcrumbs. All right, here's how you deal with that one. Make a list of the pros and cons of your partner and of your relationship. Look at this list. Look at the list of pros and the list of cons of your partner, the list of strengths and the list of weaknesses or the strengths of the list of goods and the list of bads and, and compare it. Look at the breadcrumbs compared to the issues. Call them breadcrumbs. Quit trying to feed yourself from breadcrumbs. I'm going to tell you, if you are in a relationship with a covert narcissist, then you are starving. You are starving for genuine connection for genuine humanness, for genuine give and take in that relationship, for mutual validation, for mutual understanding. You are starved for this because you are living on breadcrumbs. Recognizing these hooks will hopefully help you to quit being roped back in. Listen to your own heart more than you listen to anyone else. Even more than you listen to me or any of the other podcasts, any of the other books, any of the other videos, listen to your heart. Your heart knows how you feel. It knows how you are being treated. It knows what is right for you, but you have to learn to listen to it. And you may be so far into this relationship that listening to your heart may feel like it's a million miles away, but I'm telling you, it's not. Start small. Change does not have to take long time. Change does not have to take, you know, years and decades. You can make some changes overnight. Start small. Listen to how you feel. Right this moment, ask yourself, how do I feel? Greet yourself and say, hey, good morning. Good morning to me. How do you feel today? Watch the, you know, your heart. Watch your feelings. Start observing them. You need to get to know you. You've been spending so much energy in this abuser but you need to spend that energy in you. As you do, you will get better connected to that communication with your heart. And now as you do that, start watching your interactions with your covert narcissist. How are your feelings reacting to him or to her? Become an internal observer for a while. Watch your feelings, watch your heart. Just watch, don't judge them. If you're feeling sad, okay. If you're feeling happy, okay. If you're feeling hurt, okay. Watch your feelings and just watch. See how you're feeling. You don't have to explain anything. You don't have to explain anything to him uh, or her, your abuser. You don't have to explain anything to them. You are doing this strictly to get to know yourself better. For once, your life is about you and not them. Follow that path. It will lead you on an amazing journey. We are going to talk about this more in episodes to come. So thank you so much for joining me today. These are four hooks that a covert narcissist will use to rope you back in 
over and over. I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you.